Hi, this is Jen with Bright Families, and today I'm talking about what to do for a kind of intense, anxious teen in terms of their nutrition. Obviously, there's counseling and there's different kinds of therapy and different techniques that you would use with a kid who's very prone to anxiety, but I'm just going to talk about the nutritional piece because, you know, that's what I think I have something to offer. So one of the main things to think about with teenagers, particularly boys and particularly homeschooled boys, in my opinion, is they are so easily not eating enough. When you're home all day, whether you're any age, you tend to eat the same things. For an adult, this is an asset that you're unlikely to overeat on the same foods that you always buy. For a teenager, if you have someone who's a little anxious, a little on the spectrum or OCD, that boredom with the food that's already there or their pickiness can become a real problem, a real hampering to them getting enough calories. And so this is where it requires more creativity on the part of the mom than she really thinks she ought to have. And I get that. I don't philosophically feel delighted when it seems like I need to make a teenager food or entice them to eat food. But for whatever reason, some teens really, really get in a rut. And I have old girls, but some of the girls get in the same rut where they open the fridge and they just kind of sigh or start crying because they say there's only ingredients in here. Now, for me, coming from a big family or being a girl or not minding cooking or whatever, I look at that and I'm like, well, it's two to five minutes till I can eat something. There are so many five minute meals that you can make if you have a microwave and a fridge with some simple ingredients. And I I really don't mind stuff like that. I just want to not be hungry. But I'm a pretty boring, kind of easily satisfied eater. And many of the people in my family are pickier than me. They want something interesting. They want it to already be made. They want it to appear before them as if nobody had to put any effort into this. So the whole thing's a little bit ridiculous, but considering how expensive therapy is and the fact that you have to drive the kid to therapy, it's actually a more efficient use of your time to just make them a really good breakfast if they are willing to eat it and perhaps make them a really good enticing afternoon snack. So that's kind of what I'd like to talk about. Some of the specific foods, specific timing and techniques that you can do for them or talk with them about so that they can understand how some of these work in terms of blood sugar, protein, nutrition, etc. And so let's start off with thinking if you've got a teenage boy, 17, 18, still growing very fast, hopefully active, they've got a job, they've got sports, and the amount of calories they need, there is no way that they need less than 3,000 calories a day. Just no way. And when you add up what a typical boy eats in the context of family life, it is often not 3,000 calories. 
And I think this explains a lot of teen boy angst and irritability. So whether there are kind of limits on the food or limits on snacking, or it's just always the same stuff, there's various reasons why they might not end up eating very much. The amount of protein that it appears that growing kids, and particularly boys, but girls for a period two, need to eat is kind of staggering. Um, Many of my friends with teen boys have stories of making what they thought was the scrambled eggs for the whole family, you know, eight eggs, 10 eggs. The boy comes out, starts eating it, and he's like, thanks for making me eggs, mom, and it's all gone. Or eating an entire loaf of bread and an entire stick of butter in the course of half an hour of just kind of wandering in and out of the kitchen. And, And then these kids don't even put on weight, right? They just get taller, but they stay so, so skinny that you kind of wonder where it's all going, right? And there are many foods that are nutritious and not particularly expensive that we Americans just simply forget to eat. And so in a recent conversation with a friend who has this kind of intense teen boy who seems to need more calories and really, really high quality nutrition to feel okay, we were talking about some of those foods. Now, her food budget isn't super tight, so I'll just, you know, preamble it with that. But some of the foods we talked about were oysters, like canned oysters or canned sardines. Um, Some moms have told me that their teenagers, after they eat six, seven eggs for breakfast and, you know, half of a loaf of bread, by 10 o'clock, sometimes they're hungry and they have a can or two of sardines or oysters for their snack. And same thing in the afternoon. So it's shelf stable. There's no prep. You literally open the can and eat it out of the can. So it's not like it's just ingredients. It's actually just food that you can just open and eat. And I also know some young boys who really like the oysters in particular. So it's just one among many ways to fill them up. Of course, they're also eating fruits and vegetables, but you're trying to get more protein, more fat, and particularly all the minerals and extra, you know, extra dense nutrients that are in things like shellfish or fish or liver or sausage, or whatever most nutrient-dense foods are the most convenient for you to get. I always encourage my friends to buy breakfast meat because it helps you eat more eggs if you also have meat. It seems to help you eat more of everything if you have meat in the morning, and it just makes it more interesting. The only way that my husband could stay full when he was in his 20s or even 30s was to eat biscuits, gravy, and scrambled eggs. Um, and the bit in the gravy had a lot of sausage for breakfast. Then he might last all the way to lunch. But anything less than that, he was going to be hungry in two hours. So if he had a breakfast sandwich with an egg and sausage and cheese, he, he will be hungry in an hour. If I make it and I butter the bread a lot more and make it with two eggs you know, it lasts a little bit longer. But the amount that you would have to give a growing boy at the beginning of the day, assuming they have an okay appetite for breakfast, to get them to lunch is pretty significant for a lot of boys. 
And then again, the amount to get them from lunch to dinner would be really significant. And one mom just told me that her boy said, mom, I could eat an entire meal at three o'clock every single day. So we talked about that. And I said, could you, could you make him a meal? I know it sounds super, super pampering and kind of ridiculous, but he kind of told you what he needs. He's a little bit overwhelmed. He's kind of in a rut. Is there a quick hot meal where you take the ingredients and it turns into a meal in five minutes, you know, probably something like a grilled ham and cheese sandwich and some pickles and who knows. Um, so he gets an actual meal at three o'clock in the afternoon so he can last till five thirty or six when you have dinner. This mom said that her teenage boy, <laughs> her teenage boy loves to eat liver and onions. Every time he goes out to eat, if he can order liver and onions, he gets liver and onions. So that by itself is a sign that he really needs nutrition. Most people don't really love liver that much. It's okay, but you know, it's kind of metallic and organ tasting and people like it because they need it in many cases. This isn't something he grew up eating lots of. So I encouraged her again to buy liver and since she lost her sense of smell from COVID, she could just cook him liver and onions and she's not pregnant. So there's not that. Now, of course, long-term he should learn to make it for himself, right? But since he's in a rut, there's probably going to be a month or two or three where she needs to make some of these things until it just becomes a thing that he's used to eating and he's watched her make it enough times that it starts to look like not a big deal. And he's feeling better by that point. And another thing we talked about in terms of teens is if they get very, very hungry, their blood sugar is so low, they can feel kind of too gross to eat. And this can happen in the morning or at other points of the day. If they just have to, if they stretch themselves or if they're busy working, they come home from their job and they had to power through hunger for an hour or two and they're just kind of past hunger. And of course, even with adults, this can be a problem. This is part of what makes people drink alcohol because it's such a quick lift. But you can also get that lift from drinking lemonade or sweetened iced tea or something. And so this is something that's intuitively obvious to many moms who've had to deal with morning sickness where you have to get your blood sugar up quickly and even though you know you want a real meal, if you eat the real meal first, it will not raise your blood sugar very fast. Of course, normally, if you're an adult with a steady metabolism and you don't want to gain weight, you don't want to spike your blood sugar, right? But if you're a teenager and your blood sugar is already super, super low, or even if you're not a teenager, this is a place to use those fast carbs, you want to get your blood sugar up quickly so you can get enough relief and feel good enough to even start eating your real meal. You don't want it to rise slowly because you're going to feel gross for longer. So the same technique that was so helpful to me and many other women during pregnancy, get it up fast, get the blood sugar up fast and then keep it up. So for your teenager, this could be a smoothie before dinner. Um, it could be juice. 
It could be a bowl of fruit that they're munching on as you, you know, as right before dinner is served. Um, yeah, my personal favorites are lemonade or iced tea. If I get to a restaurant and I've been waiting a long time to eat, I will order something like that. And that helps me enjoy the meal. And if I order alcohol, it's going to hit me super hard if I'm hungry. So, you know, it, it's not, it's not going to work the way I want it to work. So just going over it again, you want more nutrients, you want more calories, and probably if you have a child who's tending towards kind of intense OCD, anxiety, scrupulosity, or just general depression, you particularly want more protein, more fat, perhaps more essential fatty acids for their brain, probably more minerals. Minerals are calming. And you really, really need to make sure they're getting enough calories overall. And you as the mom can add it up for your own curiosity. You can tinker around and say, you know, how many omelets, how many eggs need to be in this omelet? Or what kind of afternoon snack could I make that will get us up to 4,000 calories a day? Or wherever you think the reasonable target is. And then buy whatever easy, nutrient-dense foods that your kids will eat and you can have around. So whether that's oysters, sardines, nuts, yummy cheeses, um, maybe hummus. Hummus can be very calorie-dense. It's so easy to just give kids like chips or pretzels or, you know, carrots or you know, just kind of munchy snacks. But for a kid who's really desperately hungry, that's not going to help them feel their best. It's still better than eating nothing probably, but they're not going to get that settled, calm feeling. And I think many women just from pregnancy can relate to this feeling. I know I can relate to this from nursing where I'm kind of munching and munching. But by the end of the day, if I haven't sat down for a real hot meal in a few hours, I'm basically ready to kill someone to eat even like a hot pocket, right? You just are so desperate for something hot, protein, salt, fat. And I think, I've thought to myself, this must be what it's like to be a teenage boy all the time. And I remember being really emotional as a teenage girl if I hadn't gotten a good solid meal And of course, I didn't understand very much at the time about managing my blood sugar. So I think this is where moms can step in and make a really solid breakfast. Even if it's just you make quiche the night before, the kid reheats it. You know, some kind of sausage egg thing that the kid likes. Or if your kids like fish, if you cook salmon for breakfast, it's, you know, salmon actually cooks really fast. I know it's pricey. It gives you sticker shock. But it is such a calming food with the amount of protein and fat and essential fatty acids in it, it might be worth it. If you look at the cost of therapy, salmon looks like a bargain. So if you could cook salmon for lunch uh, or for breakfast, and then you have, if it happens to be leftovers, you've got the next meal, somebody can eat cold salmon, which I think is equally delicious. And if you're going to Costco and you're considering bringing home a pizza, you could just bring home three pounds of salmon and fry that up almost as fast as you could cook a frozen pizza. 
And it's so nutritious. Again, liver has kind of a strong smell, but if you just have it mostly frozen, it's in small packages, you thaw it a little bit, just fry it up real quick with onions and bacon. It doesn't have to be complicated. It's just kind of its own thing. It's pretty good. And if that can be an afternoon snack, or maybe you make a huge plate of nachos with leftover taco meat and stuff that's kind of already in the fridge, and I think nachos are just fine coming out of the microwave with a bunch of cheddar cheese, probably it'll all get eaten. Nothing will go bad. Sour cream is a way to add so much fat and help that anxious kid settle down. That's been super, super helpful for us, just lathering stuff with sour cream. Um, If you've got a kid that's not eating dairy for whatever reason, coconut cream is also really delicious. And my friends who have dairy intolerant kids use a lot of animal fats with their cooking or buy very fatty sausages. And there's other ways to get the fat in. But most people reading this, it's just a question of calories. And hopefully you don't have a ton of food intolerances that you're managing. So There's other nutritious foods that in our culture we don't typically eat, like mushrooms, right? It's kind of seasonal. It's more of a gourmet thing. And that might not be so easy to incorporate into your diet. You might not get the same bang for your buck. But anything, anything to help that teen get out of a rut with slightly more interesting food, a little more variety... And a little more loving effort that you can put into a couple meals here and there each day. Or snacks, or smoothies, or tasty nuts, or whatever. Whatever's going to help them sit down and eat more. It's going to be time well spent. And it might save you time in other ways you know, having long angsty conversations with the kid who just needed to eat more all week. So it could also save time in that sense, because we know how those conversations go when they just need to talk and talk because their mind's been spinning in circles. And sometimes I think, well, you just need to go to sleep or you should have eaten more or you should have exercised more. So any of those things you can do might just reduce the amount of time that the kid worries. So I hope this is helpful. I know it's challenging. I've been there several times with different kids when they kind of worked themselves up and they were being super fussy about food and we just had to kind of pull them out of the rut by changing up what proteins we were getting, changing the presentation, finding a couple new favorites for them to kind of binge on for a while And just bringing a little bit of the brain power to it because the teenager is not bringing much brain power to solving this sort of problems. So take care, everybody, and good luck. This is Jen with Bright Families.